and I will change my world. Holy Ghost, you and I will change my world. Holy Ghost, you and I will change my world. Holy Ghost, you and I will change my world. Ah, ah, don't let me be normal. Yeah. Ah, don't let me be normal. Thank you, Jesus. My family is waiting. Holy Ghost, don't let me be normal. Africa is waiting. Holy Ghost, don't let me be normal. Community is waiting. Holy Ghost, don't let us be normal. Yes, Abuja is waiting. Holy Ghost, don't let us be normal. Ah, don't let me be normal. Ah, don't let me be normal. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, if that's your prayer, say amen. Now, I want to just do a little touch on how to catch the spirit of your father or the spirit of your leader. Now, when we talk about catching the spirit of your leader, sometimes people think about an anointing, but it's beyond an anointing. Amen? Okay, let's, let's keep ourselves in order now. Let's all sit here. Let's all sit here. Everybody just come sit here. Okay, you can leave the keyboard now. Let's sit here. Hallelujah. So very quickly, how to catch the spirit of your leader. How to catch the spirit of your leader. How to catch the spirit of your leader. A couple of things. You know that happens. Uh, we have several scriptures <clears throat> that showed how the spirit of a man, the spirit in a man, was given to other men. Yeah, there was a, people, a group of persons in scriptures. The Bible called them the seventy elders of Moses. That was recorded in the Book of Numbers, chapter eleven, sixteen, and verse twenty-five. Numbers 11, 16, verse 25. You can, you can just look quickly. Quickly, quickly. I just want you to see it in the Bible that, you know, Numbers 11, 16 to 25. We'll just rush through this. Numbers 11, 16 to 25. Just read 16 and then 17. Let's see. Read fast. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yes. Gather unto me 17 men. Yeah. Of the elders yes. of Israel, mm-hmm. whom God wanted to be the elders of the people mm-hmm. and officials over them, mm-hmm. and bring them unto the tabernacle mm-hmm. of the congregation, mm-hmm. that they may send them with thee. 17. And I will come down and talk with thee here. I will take up the spirit with thee. Now, somebody say, I will take up the spirit, up the spirit. which is upon you. Sure. Yes, and do what? I will take upon the spirit which is upon thee, and we put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people. They shall bear what? The 
Amen. Sit down. Thank you, sir. So, the Bible says, I'll take up the spirit that was upon you and put it upon 70 elders and they shall begin to bear the burdens of the people. Now, when the Bible talks about taking the spirit upon a leader and putting it upon other people who are followers of that leader, we are not just talking about the anointing. The anointing is part of the things that God will take from a leader and put upon the, a faithful follower. Remember last Thursday we talked about spiritual inheritance. Please, are you guys, make sure you're always going back to your notes. It will help you. And what I'm teaching you today, you should be able to teach other people. Am I communicating? So, there is something such as taking the spirit from a man and putting upon his followers. So, um, when that happens, it's not just an, an anointing. When the Lord takes his spirit upon me and put upon someone who is a faithful follower, it's not just the anointing I carry. Amen. When the spirit of my spiritual father came upon me, it was not just his anointing I carried. My spiritual father is David Oboeli. When his, when his spirit came upon me, I knew. Because everything began to change. My desires began Things happened. It was not just an anointing that he carried that came upon me. It was even the burdens that he carried. Someone say burdens. So when the spirit of a man comes upon you, one thing that accompanies the spirit of that man is the burdens of that man. Someone say burdens. Say loud, I say burdens. I can teach on this thing for the next two hours. Burdens. There are people who are asking, oh Lord, the spirit that you gave to Elijah, give upon, put it upon me. The spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah. The, the question is, can you bear the burdens of Elijah? Can you bear his burdens? Can you... Elijah was confronted with national issues. He had, he had, he had to pray for rain to fall. He had to pray at one time rain will not fall. He was, he was a man that was fabricated to handle national burden. Can you handle national burden? But let me just say this very quickly. Burdens are one of the things that come with the spirit of your, of a leader or the spirit of your spiritual father. The burdens of your spiritual father comes upon you. Another thing that comes with the spirit is that the results that he commands comes on you too. When the spirit of your leader comes upon you, you will not just have his burdens, you will have his results. Say that again. When the spirit of your leader comes upon you, you will not just have his burdens, you have his results. So if, if I, as your pastor, am able to do crusades and 100 people attend you too can be able to do crusades and a hundred people can attend. If I'm able to preach and a lot of people are changed, people's, people's lives are touched, you too, when the spirit upon your leader comes on you, you can be able to do the same thing. So the spirit of your leader, when you catch that spirit, the same result he commands is the same thing you command. I also like to tell you this one. When you catch the spirit of your leader, you likely behave like him. Think like him and talk like him. Likely. So when the spirit of my spiritual father came upon me, I didn't know what, what, how I was behaving. But people will listen to me and, and tell me, ah, so much similarities. I use younger brother. The first day I attended his conference, you know, in Enugu, someone looked at me and said, young man, you look so much like David O'Reilly. Not just because, you know, um, physically or whatever. 
I spoke, we were talking, and he said, you, you look so much, you even talk like him. And I'm like, oh, wow, really? And then, when I preach, sometimes when I put my video online, some person will comment on that. I say, you look so much like David Obedi. And I'm like, oh, wow. Glory to God. But when the Spirit, that's what happens. When the Spirit of your father or your leader comes on you, you will start behaving like that person. Am I communicating? Come on, am I communicating? So I want to just share with you quickly. Just take, I want you to imagine something that a Dr. Paul Enenche produces one million Dr. Paul Enenche that can do the same thing he's doing Produce the same results he's producing. Can you imagine the kind of impact it will have on Nigeria? How many of you have imagined that? Huh? Huh? What of if um, Ben Sinta, also of blessed memory, produced several persons? Of course, there are a lot of people who are around him who are calling him father, but they didn't catch his spirit. Many of them were even pastors in his ministry. If you looked at them, you see the way they would do, the, they, they even. Some of you, you can mistake them to have more anointing than Bessin Tawza. Because they were anointed. But catching the Father is beyond their an anointing. Are you know what I'm saying? It's beyond an anointing. When the Spirit of your Father comes upon you, or the Spirit of your spiritual leader comes upon you, it changes everything about you. It makes you the, like a replication of that man. Even though you have a different way of expression, but the spirit of that man, when people listen to you, they hear his voice. Am I communicating here? That is what it is to catch the spirit of your father. So you can actually be long, you can even call a man a spirit of father and you don't catch the spirit. It's, I'm telling you. When you completely align, you, follow, you are a follower of this anointing, the same thing, the same, I mean, the same thing can start happening to you. The same result. Even if we sent you to London, we sent you, are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? One of my sons in the Lord, um, good luck, is, is going to be um, um, spearheading one of our churches. But now he's based in Lagos. When he went into school, the same results I produced in school was the same result he was producing. He became the, the, the GORB, the overall leader of all the campus fellowship in his school. The same thing happened with me. Same thing. Same thing. The favor I enjoy, the same. Same thing. Shout hallelujah. Shout a big hallelujah. hallelujah. So let me show you how to catch the spirit of the Father. Ask your neighbor, do you know how to catch the spirit of your leader? Tell, ask the other person, say, do you know how to catch the spirit of your spiritual father? Now let me show you quickly, very quickly. How do you catch the spirit of your spiritual father? The first way to catch the spirit of your spiritual father is is being dead to yourself. You must be dead to yourself. It's called death to self. It's called death to self. The scripture is John chapter 12 and verse 24. The Bible says, except John chapter 12, 24. John 12, 24. Except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides forever. It abides alone forever. 
So if you want to catch the spirit of your father, you must be able to die to yourself. I'm going to explain that even better. If you plant a corn of, of, of corn, a corn of wheat on the ground, it must go to decay. It must die. So that to produce more. True us. If you want to become another man, you want to carry the spirit of another man, become another man. You know, when John came, he came with the anointing and the spirit of Elijah. Are you aware? Amen. It was not normal John. It was another man. You can actually be the son of so and so person, but God can change you and turn you by the reason of this impartation, by the reason of followership and sonship. He can turn you to another man. And your father is so and so person, but you are different from how your father behaves. You are different from how your, 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 your family will thinks. I tell you. So, it is one corn that goes into the ground, but when it comes out, it's different. Comes out with many more corn. That's what happens when a man has died to himself. So, the reason why many people who are followers of a particular anointing do not carry that anointing or do not carry that spirit is because they are still alive to themselves. They don't want to die. What does it mean to die to yourself? Let me just show you quickly. Let me show you quickly. What does it mean to be dead to yourself? What it means to be dead to yourself is to be dead to the pleasures of sin, to be dead to your personal will. When the Bible mentions in the book of Romans chapter 12, it says, present ye your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now that is death to self. My congregation. Oh, I was watching something. Ah, oh, I was watching something. I think it was a preacher abroad. He was saying something that a lot of people, the reason why there is a limit to how much God can use them and how much God can change them is because they have too many I will, I will, I will. When you are full of, I want to do this, I want to do that, I, you, you don't have any room for what God wants. That is the exact reason why the will of God cannot find expression in your life. You, can't be an, you cannot be the kind of man God wants you to be because you already have the kind of man you want to be and you are sticking to it, you are holding to it. So the moment you let go of your I will, you have died to yourself. You let go of I will and accept his will. Then you have died to yourself. Am I communicating here? The moment where what, what, what you like is not what is most important. The Bible says that Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are. He says, but I put my flesh on that. So he says, um, nevertheless, um, I labor more than ye all. Not, nevertheless, not I, but the grace of God. But I put my flesh on that subjection. Now, what I'm quoting is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you read chapter 9, read down to 25. He says, I put my flesh on that subjection. Lest after I preach to you, I now be a castaway. So what he's saying, trying to tell you is that he subjects his will to the will of God and to the will of those in authority over him. When, 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 when we call people, when we call people spiritual bastards, what we are trying to say is not like they don't have a spiritual authority. They might actually have a spiritual authority. They might have a spiritual father. But they are not, they cannot be corrected by that spiritual father. That's what you call a bastard. 
Anybody who is without correction is a bastard. Doesn't have a father. Who cannot take correction is a bastard. And that person has actually not died to himself. The reason why somebody will rebuke you and say, Hey, this thing you are doing is wrong. Don't do that anymore. And then you start grumbling. Pastor, 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 pastor. You might not say pastor, pastor, but you're mine. You're angry with the, with the man of God. What is wrong with you is you've not died to yourself. When pride is still speaking, you are corrected, you are rebuked. And the next thing, you walk out of your, your, your man of God, you, you start saying things in your heart, you start thinking, my friend, you have not died to yourself. I mentioned some of the reasons why people do not catch the spirit of, or do not take their, partake in their spiritual inheritance. One of the things I mentioned is greed, pride, arrogance, right? A couple of things. Huh? Uh, evil motive. Now, the reason why anybody will have such things in, in them is because they have not died to themselves. They are still interested in what will please them more than what God, what will please God. And that is why they can't catch the spirit of the Father. But if you want to catch the spirit of the Father, you must die to yourself. I'll give you a very short um, story. One, one of my spiritual father, actually, he rebuked one of his sons of the Lord, shouted on him in the midst of many people, rebuked him openly. Hmm? And later that evening, when he was like, he closed the office and he was going and he saw the guy, the guy was bent on his desk, put his hands on his head and he was praying. That's a man who has died himself. The guy, after they shouted on him outside and, you know, embarrassed him, he should have taken a position of, of frowning you know, just frowning, just looking at everybody and being angry. But this guy bowed his head and was praying and asking God for forgiveness, asking God to forgive. What is this thing? My father, my, my, my pastor is always telling me that I'm not taking note of. Please, Lord, help me. That's a man that is broken. That's a man that has died himself. The Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For what? For what? No. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. A man who has died to himself is the man the Bible calls the pure, the, the poor in spirit. A man who has no will of his own. A man who has no agenda of his own. A man who is humble and meek. That's a that's the person the, the Bible calls a poor in spirit. Now, what happens to that man who is poor in spirit? He heralds the kingdom. That man who is born in spirit now is now who takes inheritance, spiritual inheritance. But the one who is proud, who they rebuke, he shout, he's, he's looking for a way. Ah, I can't go to that church. They are always rebuking me. They say, My friend, you can't go far. God can't use you much if you are without correction. I'll show that to you quickly. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13. Look at this. Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Then let somebody read Matthew 16, 24. Hebrews, let's read that quickly. Hebrews 13, 12, then Matthew 16, 24. Hebrews 13, 12, Matthew 16, 24. Are we there? Yes, Hebrews 13, 17. Yes. Rule over you. Okay, wait, let me just read quickly. It says, obey those who have rule over you 
and, sub and be submissive for they watch out for your soul as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that, for that, that would be unprofitable for you, right? So obey those that have a rule over you, for they shall give account. This is the Bible telling you, if you want to go far with God, if you want to have profit in your work with the Lord, you have to submit yourself to authority. You have to be able to, I'm sure you know, as a child, you can decide every morning when you wake up, when you wake up from school, you don't feel like going to school. So of course, that's your will. You don't want to go to school. But you have to die to yourself. Your parents have to beat you. Many times. What they were doing is they were killing you so that their will for you will come to pass. I, I, I know what I'm saying. They are killing a part of you that is called foolishness. Bible says if you spare the rod in the house of children, you would invite foolishness. Foolishness is the person. Dress is very fine and attractive. You can't say no to foolishness. So if you don't bring rod, foolishness will abound. Am I communicating here? Yes, are we together? So, so they, they will flog you to chase away your... So you submit to your parents so that it will be profitable for you. Let's arrow. Look at another scripture. Very um, powerful. You know, the second scripture I called Matthew 16, 24-25. I'll read because of time. It says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and do what? So to die to yourself is to deny yourself. I would say deny yourself. So sometimes, pastor might call you at an inconvenient time, at a very, very disturbing time. But when you answer that call, what you have just done is you have denied yourself. And by doing that, the spirit of your leader is doing what? It's coming on you. The anointing, the grace, the burdens. That's how songs go. So that moment, that moment your daddy wakes you up in the morning, early in the morning and says, come and go to school, come and go to school. If you did not deny yourself then, when your mates will be finishing on this school, that's when you might still be in jest too. Because you didn't deny yourself. And you didn't, you didn't follow. Tell your neighbor, deny yourself and follow. Say louder, say deny yourself and follow. Look at Psalm 141 and verse 3. I'm just showing you one thing that helps anybody to catch the spirit of his leader and that is get to self. I'm just showing you what it means. You know, sometimes... Okay, let me read it. Psalm 141 and verse 3. Then last scripture I'm going to read is Proverbs 3 from verse 11 to 12. Now, Psalm 141 and verse 3 says, Let the righteous strike me, it shall be kindness, and let him rebuke me, it shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. It's a prayer that David prayed. It's in Psalm 141 verse 3. Are you there? Did you see that? Eh? Eh? Psalm 141. Let's look at it. It's the same thing. It's a different translation. So read your translation. Let me see. Psalm 141 verse 3. Yes. Yes. Read amplify. Can we read message? Is that a message translation? 
Who has the message translation? Yes. Hold on, let me let me get it. Okay. Psalm one four one. So it's not verse three, it's verse five. So if you read three, four, and five, it's five. So read read verse four now. The first one says, Set the guard over the house. I don't know that. So the next one, verse 4. Incline what? Uh-huh. Yes. 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 Wait. It says, verse 5 says, Let the righteous smite me. It shall be a kindness and let him rebuke. Did you see what he said initially? He said, let me not be amongst wicked people. May I not be amongst people who are not going anywhere. And this is one of the ways he knew that he would escape such kinds of calamities. He said, let the righteous do what? There are some pastors that slap some people, some members that are actually under training. I don't blame them. They are slapping you so that you won't go astray. It's whether they slapped you and you, you slapped yourself into hell. Am I communicating here? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not something we'll do, of course. Um, it's not something we'll do in church. But, we're just trying to say, the Bible used the word strike. That's to tell you that if you want to go far with the Lord, there should be a level of caution. There should be a level of discipline from your spiritual leader. It might come like striking, like a whip sometimes. Sometimes the rebuke might come like a whip. And if you are able to accept it, then you have escaped the assembly of wicked men. You've escaped certain things that normally should have destroyed you. If you accept such rebukes, then let the, let the righteous strike me. It shall be kindness. It is good that you are rebuked. Let him rebuke me. It shall be an excellent oil. It says, let my head not refuse it. Somebody say, let my head. <laughs> Hold your head. Say, Father, let my head not refuse correction. Help me to die to self so that my head will not refuse correction. Shout louder. Help me to die to self so that my head will not refuse correction. Now, listen. When you have not died to yourself, you have not denied yourself, and they correct you, the next thing is you start shaking your head. No, no, no. It must, this is what it is. Pastor, is that like that? Hey. But when you have died yourself, your head will not refuse correction, will not refuse rebuke. And if you are like that, you are going somewhere. Look at the last scripture I'd like to read to you before I disappear. Proverbs 3 11 of us talk. Proverbs 3 11 to 12. Proverbs 3 11 to 12. The only kinds of people who grow. Is are the people who receive corrections, who have denied themselves so much so that they can be corrected, they can be rebuked, they can be put back in shape. They have denied themselves. 
Ah, Pastor, there is a job somewhere. I'm about to go and take that job. He says, Pastor says, You're not taking that job. You have denied yourself when you listen to him. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes your pastor will tell you that the person you're about to marry, don't marry. And in your head, this is the, this is the, the sugar in my tea. This is the wine in my bottle. This woman, oh my goodness, I've never seen a lady that made me cry like her. I can't do without her. Man of God, I love you. You are my spiritual father. But I, I beg with all humility, with all due respect, I must marry Deborah. <laughs> yeah? I had some visions this afternoon. You know, the Holy Ghost was just instructing me about something very, very strange. It was instructing me about seducing spirits. How a woman can be very nice to you, buy you all the nice things, but her intention is to take away the power of God from you. And you will never know it. Because she's not operating by just mere beauty or mere wisdom. She's operating by demonic empowerment. So God showed me a vision. Sorry, this is a deviation. God showed me a vision of a thief. Everybody will gather and catch that thief. He's a thief. Oh. We caught him red-hearted, thiefing, stealing. Everybody held him and was calling for the police. We were holding him red-handed. I said, You're a thief, you're a thief, you're a thief. And the, the guy had sweet mouth. He would talk this, talk this, talk this. He will now forget that this guy is a thief. All of us will now relax. And be like, Yeah, 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 you're entertaining, you're entertaining. The next thing he start running. Now we now remember, I'll catch him again. You're a thief, you're a thief. Stop here, you're a thief. And before you know it, he starts talking different things. Sweet, you know. That's called the speed of seduction. Can I hear you say speed of seduction? If you are without authority, you will see something that is wrong, but you will not know how to say no to it. Are you know what I'm saying? If you're not under authority, you are. your friends will tell you, this woman you're about to marry is a witch. You say, Pastor, she's a witch, but I am in love with her. I do She's everything I've been looking for. Just let me marry her. She must be the mother of my children. I have to marry her. That is the spirit of seduction. And that is the spirit that takes over a man that is without rebuke, without correction, without authorities in his life. We'll catch the guy. The guy will come. Sweet talk, sweet talk, sweet talk, sweet talk. And then escape again. We'll now remember. And now I'm going to catch him again. Nobody is remembering the Mukko police. Everybody just catching him and he will talk his way out. The guy was caught stealing phone. I'm telling you, this is a vision I had. It was like a movie. But God was telling me a message. There are a couple of you listening to me now. You have to be very careful because the spirit of seduction. Sometimes it is a church that you want to go and start attending. The spirit operating there is called the spirit of what? Seduction. They will tell you a lot of sweet things. <laughs> and you will forget the basics of your faith. They will tell you a lot of, ah, you will not go to hell, lie, God has forgiven. And you forget the basics of your faith. And then, until you are trapped completely. 
the spirit of seduction. If you have authority over your life, they can't be taken away. Look at the last scripture I want to. Look at the last scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 11 to 12. It says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son, in whom he delights. If God is interested in you, he will correct you. If God does not want you to be deceived, he doesn't want you to be seduced, he wants you to be sharp. You know, when you're a child, many times you don't know if a food is sweet or not until you taste it. Eh? Or when you are a son, you can look at the food and know. You can even perceive and know. As the food is coming out of the kitchen, like they cooked in our house this afternoon, as the food was coming out of the kitchen, when I heard the smell of a burnt rice, I knew. <laughs> Let me not expose some people. <laughs> When I perceived the smell of a butter, I knew by the spirit of my nose <laughs> that that rice was going to be. I'm showing you if you are trained, if you grow, if you are trained, if you will deny yourself and allow correction, you will have a high sense of discernment. You understand my message? High sense of discernment. If a false prophet is coming to you from a distance, you would have smelled it. This guy is wrong. If a, a wrong relationship is about to come, from a distance you will smell her and say, "This woman, get away," because you have been trained, you have been, you have been, you have been, you have denied yourself so much that what comes to you will not be those things that you want, but only those things that God wants for you. That's the only thing you want to accept. You've denied yourself through discipleship, through training. You've learned to deny yourself. You've learned to deny yourself. How many of you have noticed that your perception is stronger when you're hungry? If somebody's cooking 10 kilometers away from you and you are fasted for three days, you can smell it. So the day you learn how to deny yourself, your discernment, are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't be deceived. I heard somebody was telling one day, one man came to me in the bus stop, my pastor, the man came and said to me, he said, I should swear, I will not tell him that nobody meets me. I should swear, he said he will give me money. I should swear that if I tell anybody that he, that we, he, I gave him my money, he will, I will die. And I said, how will such a person meet you? And you did not know that he was a thief and a robber. How did the spirit of the person confuse you? Have you heard such stories before? Eh? Yes, sir. There are people who meet, uh, say, I'm, I'm a trader. I came from uh, Canada. This is my friend. We'll give you so much so, so, and so dollars, but you must give us so, so, and so, so amount of money. And you must swear that you will not tell anybody. If you, you post it on the ground, if you tell anybody, you will die. I don't know if you have a story. I, um, Another girl told me, says, man of God, I was walking on the, way, on the road. One man started from a sign to me. Called or tell me, told me many things. I said I should give him my phone. And I said, Sister, you gave him your phone. Say, Yes, sir, yeah, I gave him my phone. And, 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 and I didn't know what happened. I realized myself after he had, he had disappeared. Someone said, Sweet of seduction. 
If you have been trained as a child of, as a follower of Christ, you have been discipled. You have a prayer life. You have a word study life. As the guy comes to talk to you, he will advise himself by himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? The spirit of seduction is an influence. It covers your sense of reasoning. It covers your sense of thinking, writing, and doing the writing. And the reason why it is, it is, it can do that is because you have not been trained. You've not, you've not been trained to exercise your senses in the spirit. So somebody just comes. You've not denied yourself enough to be trained. You've not denied yourself not enough to exercise your senses in the spirit. So somebody comes and tells you one, two, three story, and they take your phone or they dupe you. It's part of the things that discipleship covers you from. Am I communicating? Am I communicating? It's part of the things. Part of the things. I don't know why the Lord gave me that vision this afternoon. But we are going to make war against every seductive spirit. Every spirit of deception. Every lying spirit. Say, in the name of Jesus, we confront seductive spirits. We confront lying spirits. We confront deceptive spirits taking over this territory. As we speak the truth, lies will not stand. As we speak the truth, deception will fail in the mighty name of Jesus. Shout the loudest, Amen. amen. Shout the loudest, amen. amen. Did you understand today's teaching? Huh? So one of the ways to cut the spirit of your leader is by what? By what? Denying yourself. Cut the spirit of your leader by denying yourself. You cut the spirit of your leader by denying yourself. Sometimes some of you have to check. If you've not denied yourself, you won't come. You won't be here. If you've not denied yourself, when people are in church, that's where you'll be sleeping. If you've not denied yourself, you wait for pastor's call, somebody to call you. If you not deny yourself, you're waiting for bro, you to come to massacre and pick you before you come to church. Say with me, Father, help me to deny myself. So, you know, in this church, you know, there are, there are going to be different categories of people. There are going to be people that are children, there are going to be people that are mature Christians. There are going to be people that who need, they will always need you to pet them, pet them. And then there are still going to be people that are mature Christians. But if I if you come to church, I will affect you, affect you. You get to a point where you grow and have sense. Am I communicating? Say grow. Say have sense. Say grow. Say have sense. Yes. You don't need to be petted every day. You need to grow. You need to grow. Take responsibilities and become useful. God is going to help us in Jesus' mighty name. Just bow your heads and just um, tell God to help you to deny yourself. If you must follow after Jesus, you must deny yourself. There's no two ways about it.